Hello and welcome to Maine Education Matters with Matt and Matt. This is Matt. And I'm Matt too. We are going to continue our series today on ESSA. Every Student Succeeds Act. Sure No does. longer the No Child Left Behind Act. Because nah. no child should be left behind, but, we, we, but, but, but it's kind of okay. But every student should succeed. You know, we're going to leave behind that act and succeed in the next one. So, Every time. So here's the nonsense, and now here's the real content. All right, here we go. So last time we went through a lot of the indicators. We yeah, talked we... about academic progress. progress. Broke it all down. Progress in English language proficiency, academic achievement, and graduation rate. Yep, we sure did. But we skipped one. It's called chronic absenteeism. We did skip one, chronic absenteeism. But do we want to go back to something first before we move on ah, to chronic sure, absenteeism? Sure, why not? All right, because I think we were talking about academic growth, and we were kind of stuck on something. We kind of went on for a while about that one. We did. Well, we were. We were it was. It was some real time Meaning diving I into did. it. Meaning, I did. We'll forgive you. It's, Thank it's you. totally okay because it was. Again, it you was, know what? It was, I it was, blame Matt myself. That's fine. Or it could be you. It was riveting podcast work. I'll tell you that much right As now. As this is right now. Yes. So we we looked at the growth side and kind of had a moment of clarity. Okay. A little later. Because when we were saying like, how can you go from a like a three A to a three A and get a hundred points or so? Why mm-hmm. does or three? Why does that matter? And well, then we realized, oh yeah, well because you'd go from year to year, and a three to a three is a, you're getting a three in grade four, and a three in grade five, you've made a year's worth of growth. That is correct. And I don't think that was that clear that we did last time, right? No, I, I think we, I think we were just, we were just kind of trying to figure out why is it that you get a hundred points if you're a three? Why? So, so I think we just, just one of those moments that we just, we wanted to come back to here and say we, this is to clear up that little bit. I here's think. here's one of my questions that is going to make this muddier. Go right, go right ahead. I do. So if I go from a two A to a two A, didn't I make a year's worth of growth? Yes, I get fifty points. Because you're still behind, mm. you're still at maintenance level growth. You haven't done that catch up growth yet. Am I so, developing or am I emerging at that point? Well, now you're getting into some really fun language. So let's talk about chronic absenteeism let's, instead. Let's dive into that because this is going to be one of those things that, <laughs> well, it is one of those things already that is causing <laughs> some. It's so, not gonna be. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, right. it's it, the, the, the hairs on, on back of like backs of superintendents and school boards and whatnot are kind of getting like, wait, what now? Chronic absenteeism. So yeah, I mean, part of the ESSA requirements is that you have to look at both academic requirements, academic expectations, but you also have to include a non-academic one, which is great. Absolutely, I'll more plotted, more of a well-rounded understanding. Sure. And. Maine chose to for that indicator to be chronic absenteeism because, you know, attendance matters. True. I think that's an organization, isn't it? I believe so. Okay. Um, and... They stole our name, but... They, they, oh, yes, they did. Or, or did we steal theirs? We're the ones named Matt. Yes, we are. That's right. Our name is in there. We had it first. Attendance matters. You owe us some thing, money. Or ragu, unless that's a callback. Unless their name is Matt, also. In which case, anyway, let's ignore this. Move on. Chronic absenteeism. So, so we have to do this other indicator, and they chose chronic absenteeism. Why? I don't know. I'm not exactly sure why that one was chosen, but I can say, optically, from the optics wise, it's easy to track. It's easy to measure. My guess is that's why. You know, it's it's very obvious. It's very easy to see when a kid is in school or not in school. Yeah. 
It's something schools do daily. It is. And so it is. It's school, easy. You're right. It's easy to track. It's easy to compile. It's easy to put a number on it. And everyone already does it. We yeah. already track it anyway. So we're not anything adding anything else that we're already doing because mm-hmm. we're already doing it. However, oops. This is where things get a little bit kind of wonky. Okay. Because to be considered chronically absent, one, you have to be absent for 10% of the enrolled days. Okay. And have been part of that district for greater than or equal to 10 days. Okay. So so if you go if you move to a district and you're there 7 days and you're chronically absent those entire 7 days, it doesn't count. Nice, right? Doesn't count against you as a district. Um, all grade levels are included in this, um, and that's that's all fine and dandy. The other rule of chronic absenteeism is that the students have to be in atten- to be counted for attendance, be in attendance, have to be in school for fifty percent of the time of the day. Okay. All right. So you have to have some type of rule for this. One, yes, so. I believe that is actually not just an ESSA; that's a statute. Um, let me I believe that my, might be correct. Yeah, that might. I be believe correct. it's the truancy statute, uh, 505051, um, unexcused absence only. Don't count for truism. I think I, I believe that's the the statute. Please, if we're out there and you hear me, correct me if I'm wrong on that. Um, but with but so what's happening with chronic absenteeism is now this is one of the elements that all schools and districts are going to be measured on when it comes to our school report card, mm-hmm. along with academic achievement, um, growth, etc. So, where are they getting their data from? How are they pulling their data? What are they starting with? Okay. Their data. Okay. For this. And they're starting with last year's data. Okay. When we didn't know this was coming. Okay. So, we're being measured on something that we didn't know was going to be an expectation. That is something that is causing some real frustration, concern with a lot of districts that I'm hearing across the state. It doesn't sound like a clear learning target for the learners, well, in this case, the schools. It's kind of, let's just imagine it this way. You're driving down the highway, and you're going 70 miles an hour. And you get pulled over. And the police officer then says, I'm giving you a speeding ticket. When this, Well, the speed limit was 70. Oh, no, we just changed that to be 55. Hmm. Just now while we were driving? Just now while we were driving. Awkward. So now you have to pay the fine, but 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 so we got to pay for what we did before when we didn't know. But you just changed the rules on us. So that's part of the part of the problem okay. that we have here. Um, another part of the problem with chronic absenteeism, and is 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 this, and it's a little wrinkle, but it's a real issue. In small rural schools or in places outside of the uh, ninety-five corridor. If a school were to go, let's say a school from Central Maine were to go up to Fort Kent for a football game, mm-hmm. they'd have to leave at 8 o'clock in the morning. They're gone all day. They're on a school functioning event. Absent. They are, they are absent. Absent. They are absent unless you bring a tutor on the This is what I've been told. Like verbatim. Bring a tutor on the bus and you tutor them 50% of the day on the way up and on the way back. I actually have looked for that language somewhere. Yeah, the fifty percent have come up with nothing. I think it's in that. I I I, I believe it's in the fifty fifty one. We could look it up now if we want to make sure about we have the that. tutor part. Oh, not the no, not the tutoring. That's part. That's what I mean. Oh, 
No, that was just one of those things of saying, like, uh, it's a, it was a suggestion. <laughs> it was an option of how to do. Yeah. So when when pressed on this, because a lot of folks have pressed the the, the DOE folks on this question because it's new, it's strange, it's kind of a new it's a new thing. And it's a real thing. Cause it's it's gonna I mean have, it's very rural. Very rural. It's gonna have real impact. Yeah. And especially with with all of this stuff added in with chronic absenteeism, is how are you gonna do this consistently across all districts? Okay. Because one of the other things that was told to me by someone at DOE during a lot of these presentations mm-hmm. and other people were there they'll they'll back me up on this would be well it's at principal's discretion mm-hmm. attendance is at the principal's discretion well what the heck does that mean d- d- so does that mean that the principal in one building can treat attendance and absenteeism different than another principal in the same district i believe that's correct so a, a school district or a school, many um, many schools take attendance first period. They're here, you're there. They don't take attendance the rest of the day. You're there. That's a common elementary school. Common for elementary school yeah. and for some high schools. Yep, agreed. Um, I mean, elementary, high schools do more of the block. Great attendance to some do, yep. but a lot of places don't. Yep. And so how, how, how are you going to manage defining absenteeism from there? Principal discretion. So then we're going to have districts who have one way of doing chronic absenteeism, applying it based on principal description description down this way, and it's going to be completely different in another way. How then is this going to be a fair indicator of school district achievement on towards, towards ESSA? Yeah, some of these details do get a little wonky. They do. At this part, especially in, you know, it's not just like what if principal discretion, but... As you were talking, I was thinking about the differences between elementary and high school. High school, in our case, has somewhere between four and like seven times a day you take attendance. Right. If elementary school does it once, you said that the student has to be in the school for half the time. Right. So does that... So now are you relying on... Let's say if a kid gets dismissed, right? I come to school in the morning at 8 o'clock... I could dismiss for a dentist appointment at 10, ten o'clock and I don't come back because my dentist is, you know, X miles away and it just takes me some time and I don't come back. Right. I'm considered absent. You'd be considered absent for that day. Right. But what okay. if I go at 10, but they mark me out at 1130, mm-hmm. which now I'm over the halfway point. Or they just say you were you, you you checked in that day and we don't go back to it. Yep, you were dismissed, but we don't we don't track the time. We don't track the time. So I might be absent. I might be present. It kind of depends on the whims of whatever the Could, school has traditionally done. I, I would say that I don't think there's really a policy about that one, but I think no. But a lot of the ways for the how you do attendance is like is what we've always done. Right, and 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 I think you know the intent is great. You know, being in school matters. Yeah, we all know that. When you increase attendance, you increase achievement. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no one disagrees with no, that. Yeah, no disagreement with that one. But there are these details. Like, yeah. how are you... And, and, and one that kind of struck me, you have the whole thing about sports. Okay. We, we talk about sports. However, even excused absences count against it. Mm-hmm. This is where it gets really hard for me to support in a lot of ways because... 
if you have a student in your district who is in the hospital with terminal cancer, his absences count against him. What if they have a tutor? If they have a tutor, it's fine. 50% of the day. Which is weird. Th- th- I mean, that that's how harsh that line is. Yeah, absolutely. And there there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of wiggle room outside of that line because I have also asked this question, which is, there are some schools, it's made national news now, there are some schools in Maine that are experimenting with snow days. Mm-hmm. Camden's doing it. Um, I believe Baxter Academy does something like this mm-hmm. where they can do makeup time. So then my question would be if if you can make up time from a snow day, if a student were to miss some time because of an illness, whatever the reason might be, but let's say during their February break and they were to put in that time, that academic time, and you could demonstrate it like it's being done in Camden or Baxter Academy, could that then be put back if you lose the day, can you get the day back? Interesting. And, Interesting. And the answer that I got was silence and a shrug. I know our district does something called vacation school. Okay. Where we have kids come in on vacations, end of school for a few days, trying to catch up on targets um, or go ahead on targets. Mm-hmm. But they, they work extra days. I wonder if those make up for their absences. They don't. Because not right now. They're coming for their their own time, as it were, yeah. to actually go to school. And I'm not thinking that those count for anything. Because that because that's not in statute. Right. Because there's no thing nothing in statute that says they can make up the day. It can, it doesn't doesn't matter doesn't for attendance for attendance purposes. Yeah, because it's it matters for there. learning purposes. I would think it would be. Well, I would hope so. That's why they're coming. Right. But it doesn't matter for the attendance purposes, and that then has an impact on the school report card, the overall way in which a school is going to be labeled and their tiers of support that they are developing, that have designed to support our schools. We'll get to that shortly. Okay. So, so chronic absenteeism, it seems like this thing that's really easy to, and simple to track and to measure because it's something we've always done and we already do until you get down into the details and the details especially with our current statutes really matter and will have a big impact on a lot of schools do you want to go through what these performance levels are for each one of them go for it okay so we have four levels of performance for chronic absenteeism can i can i can i guess what they are shoot um they are does not meet partially meets meets and exceeds because that's always what it's been well, then you'll be happy to know that they have evolved into new words. Ooh. Guess what the it, new it, words are. It doesn't mean... That the, well, I'm, I can't, I'm, on, I'm on the edge of my seat. Kind of literally. I'm about to fall off. That's problematic. Emerging. Emerging. That's, that would be the, 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 the lowest. The lowest. Developing. Developing. So that's the second tier. Meeting. Meeting. That'd be the third tier. Go yes. on. Yes. And excelling. And excelling. Okay. One words. We don't need all those multiple, like, well below anymore. Right. Well, I also, what I also like about it is the ing ending because it's present tense. It's not saying that you, that you, you, know, you this is where you are right now. There, there's, there, there's actually a, 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 a behind the scenes kind of a growth 
approach to that with the INT. Like this is what is happening right now. It's not where you. It's not what you are. It's this is what's happening. Even though it's data from a year ago. Let's move oh, on. So I, when I, we I talk about just, emerging, I, I, I think I just got. So emerging, if you get emerging, it's owned. the lowest level. Yes. You get uh, what it's described at is all eligible student group populations have a chronic absenteeism rate of 10% or higher. So all eligible student groups. So here's what all of those student groups are. Uh, and there's a bunch of them. There is economically disadvantaged, and that's uh, basically free and reduced lunch. Students with disabilities, English learners, and students who are white, black, Asian, Native Hawaiian or other Pacific Islander, Native American, Hispanic, and two or more races. Those are all separate ones. You have to have at least 10 kids in a group for it to count. Correct. Okay, so you have to have a certain... Yeah, we talked about that with the English language proficiency. We did. We did. So some districts don't have all of these groups because you don't have 10 people in all of them. Some of them do. So that's a good thing, first of all. That's a good thing. You have to have a certain end size. But all of them, all eligible group populations have a rate of 10% or higher. That's, that's a lot. 10% if, or higher, not if, meeting. If, if all of your groups. Below meeting. That's a lot of groups right there. Yes. You, you get the one, basically. So, so, so basically what it's saying is that every, nobody's showing up to school. Nobody is either showing up to school or, yeah. Oh, for chronic epistemism, yeah. No, no, that's pretty much it. No one's coming. That's a lot of groups. Yeah, for all of them. Okay, so let's go to the next one. Positive sure. so far. It's yep. hard to get a one, I would say. It, it is. It is tough to get a one. There. And I, I'm sorry for any districts that might get a one because mm-hmm. that's that's tough. But it's a reality. There, there, there'll be some out there that do. And, Remember, and, growth, and growth mindset. Growth gro- mindset. Growth mindset. But also, like we said, this is based on data from previous years when we exactly. didn't know what to expect. Exactly. Okay. The next one. Developing second level. At least one eligible student group has a chronic absenteeism rate of less than ten percent. Okay. Okay. At least say that again. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm reading it. I'm like, oh, okay. So at least one eligible group has a chronic absenteeism rate of less than ten percent. Okay. Okay. So yeah. you have one that is in the single digits, which is considered okay. At least one. And the more I, I guess I think about it, that makes sense. So, so, so emerging the lowest level would be all of them. Everybody is at ten percent. The, or the more. developing is if the, let's you say, got one, yeah, at least one. You got one. You could have anywhere between if there were ten. If there were ten groups, you have somewhere between one and nine. That's exactly it. You could have nine subgroups that are not meeting this expectation, the standard, and not, but that, one you do. But one you do, you are developing. Okay. That makes more sense now that I talked that through. Yep, me too. Meeting, which is where you want to be. Right. At least. All groups, all, all eligible student groups have a rate of less than 10%. Yes. So if you have 10 groups, all 10 are in the single digits. All 10. Excelling. What do you think that one is? Uh, more, more than more, more than, 10 than the groups that you have. So, so you add you add in more, more groups. You just, you just uh, you bring in more groups. Divvy them up. Yep. 
let's let's uh no i mean like you actually bring in more groups of people more different subgroups that weren't ex that weren't there for the meeting what you, i think you add is, in new people and new things that didn't exist before right so to excel you have to have all your groups at less than 10 percent, and you have to have all of your parent teacher conferences have parents show up at a higher than 80 percent rate wouldn't that be awesome what it's not true though so for excelling <laughs> All of your groups have a rate of five percent or less. Five percent. So they so they they just changed the the percentage point. They did. So for t so it's ten percent for. Would it be cool if you did the other thing though? No. I'm just gonna put that, that, that out there. That, that'd be kind of neat. Yeah, it'd be kind of uh, neat. That would if be. If you have people be community oh, involvement. Community involvement, if which that would was... probably reduce chronic absenteeism. If yeah. you have, if you did better with that, maybe those are connected somehow. Wouldn't that be cool to put in a system? All right. So, anyway. So excelling all at 5% or less. Right. Okay. So we have everybody's at 10% or higher is a one. One group in the single digits is developing. All groups in the single digits is meeting. And all groups at 5% or less is excelling. Is yes. How that, is how that works. And that's chronic absenteeism. That's how they measure chronic absenteeism. So we're going to move on to the next one. Let's do it. Since we are approximately 75 minutes into this. <laughs> Well, well, because when you add up the last podcast that we did on all the other indicators and then chronic absenteeism, you get to a report card. You get to a an overall score of how you're doing as a school and as a district, and then the DOE takes that takes those numbers, take that evidence evidence, and says, "Well, how can we help?" Yeah, that's good. I think it's good. I'm glad they're helping. So we are designed into three levels of supports. And uh, let's see, it says Maine has developed three tiers of support designed to direct various levels of assistance from the Maine DOE. Let's start with tier one. Tier one. And tier two, but we'll start with tier one. So uh, tiers one and two are designed to support both Title I and non-Title I schools, which pretty much means all of your schools. Yes, that's, a, that's every school in the state. Yes. So tier one is called Additional Targeted Supports and Instruction. Any school with one or more eligible student groups not meeting state expectations across all indicators in one or more content areas. You're going to need to go through that again. I, I am pretty sure I will. Okay. Any school with one or more eligible student groups, again, those student groups are things like uh, economically disadvantaged, students with disabilities, English learners, and all the racial categories. Mm -hmm. okay, those are all your groups. If you have any one of those groups that don't meet state expectations or the meeting right across all indicators right all indicators again are chronic absenteeism progress in english language proficiency academic achievement in english language arts academic achievement in mathematics graduation rate four years and graduation rate for five or six years so the six indicators if you have yeah, well, the graduation rates for the high school, then there's growth, yeah, the growth model just for the K so school. if you have learners in a particular subject area that is less than meeting in all six of those, mm -hmm. you're on tier one. Correct. Okay. Seems reasonable. Yeah, but it's, that's that's the starting point, and it's it's a place where they say, all right, so you have. One or more, so you, you get to target. If basically they're saying is if you have less than one there, you don't need our support. 
because all of your all of your student groups are meeting. Yep. Every single one is meeting somewhere in that particular in in, in their in their meeting their targets and meeting meeting their expectations. So we're looking the DOE is saying we're going to focus our our efforts on those who aren't meeting. Fair. Yeah. All of the, remember all those groups need to have fewer than ten students. Right. So for them to count. Okay. Tier two. Ten percent. Ten students. Oh. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, po- sorry. Population for each one of those has to be fewer than ten, or they're they're ineligible to be counted. As this. Yes. So, which is also fair because you don't want to you have small sample size. Yeah, you, you can't. Work. Right, you can't. So, tier two is called targeted supports and instruction. Any school with one or more eligible student groups not meeting state expectations in the same indicator for three consecutive years. So, this case, so if it was chronic absenteeism three years in a row, you still weren't meeting for three years in a row for one group for. for at least one group. At least one group. Three years in a row. Three years in a row. Then you're in tier two. Targeted so, supports and in instruction. So here's the thing about this one that is kind of related to what you said before. Okay. So a lot of information here. Tier two supports will be available during the 1920 school year. 19 slash 20 school year. Will, will not be identified. They don't go back 100 years. No. No. Although they go back three because now we've had three years of the same state test. Well, so they're, they're counting last year's numbers, they're counting this year's numbers, and then next year's numbers. Yes, which would actually be four. Actually, we've had the same test for four years counting this year also. Yes, but I think what they're, what they're for the whole comprehensive bit, they're, they're not going back two or three years for chronic absenteeism or for English language proficiency. I think they're only going back to look at those things from you're going to go for the empower since 2016 whenever we started that um but the chronic absenteeism numbers are only going to become from last year from the 2017-18 school year which is why 17 18 18 19 19 20 those numbers that's when we're going to get the three that's when you can be in the tier two that's how i understand it <laughs> this seems confusing if we're taking data from different years for the same group mm-hmm. across different indicators, what? Well, this is the same. It's 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 multiple years of the same indicator, though. But you're com- yes, okay, okay. So let's let's do this. Let, let, let's, let's do this this way. So chronic sure, absenteeism. Yep. Uh, this year is what? This year is eighteen nineteen. This is eighteen nineteen. So they're using eighteen nineteen. 1718 and 1617 no so it's only two years but it says three i may have made a mistake here thinking that they might not be well no honestly the language on DOE, the language of doe website says eligibility for tier two support will not be identified in maine until the 1920 school year so does that mean that we're gonna be, that the the that tier two identification will come next year. Because the nineteen twenty school year is next year. Factually correct. Thank you. I, I I sometimes I get things right. Okay, so that means that they're going back two years for chronic absenteeism. It gets better to the to two thousand sixteen. It gets better. So, so it's not even one year of 
of so it's not even like one year of, of not knowing what the what the information was. They're going to go back two years. If you can't tell, listeners, Matt's head is currently exploding. What's really embarrassing about this is I was on the advisory committee. This explains a lot. If you've and... listened to this nonsense this far, this explains a lot. Let's go to the next part. Okay. Let's, let's talk about academic achievement in ELA and math. Sure, let's do it. Okay. To be in Tier 2, uh, you need to be in the same indicator for three consecutive years. So each group has to be below meeting, below meeting. for three consecutive years. Does that mean, Mr. I was on the group, <clears throat> does that count? So is how much I was invested. <laughs> Does, is that no one be, listens to this anyway. So who cares? It's nonsense. <laughs> so does that going is that going to count the eighteen nineteen test that these kids are taking, or is it from seventeen eighteen, sixteen seventeen, and fifteen sixteen, which are all the same test? We have th- we have three years of data now. Is it going to include the ones that we're upcoming in March? That we don't get the data for until November. I I believe that the academic achievement portion was starting with two in in fall uh, spring two thousand sixteen, which means we've already taken the three tests. We've already taken the three tests. That would make sense to me, to be honest, in a weird way. But that from, would allow us to be in tier two at the beginning of the nineteen twenty school year because I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm pretty sure these schools that are in tier two and tier three, which we'll get to in a second, are going to be identified after the first of the year, this coming year yes. in January, 2019. Okay. I am pretty sure they're going to be identifying tier one, tier two and tier three schools. Yeah, they're, they're, they will be. And they're going to start their supports, not just in the 1920 school year, yes. but in the spring of 19. Yeah. Cause in, in January, that's when all of the report card things are going live and you'll know every school will know when they're, what tiered levels of support, you're, you're at. So I'm wondering if chronic absenteeism is going to go back that far or they're just skipping that one until they get three years of data starting last year. I don't know. Another one of those unknowns. I, I, I honestly don't know. Yeah. I, I don't, don't know the answer to that. I don't know either. All right. So tier two. I'm uh, just so I'm, I'm just so, so bothered by the fact that they're going back to three years to use the assessment that, that they're using because brand new assessment not used anywhere else in the, in the country. And it's, it's still in the phase of iteration. So we're using it from its first year. Uh, I got, I got, I have, I have issues with that. But I think we can move on. I think the you have issues part. You could have stopped. Thank right you there. very much. Yes. So that's, tier that's two that's again. Any I'll school, be a statement of the day. <laughs> any school with one or more eligible student groups not meeting state expectations, same indicator for three consecutive years, you're in tier two, and taking at its face there, it's fine. Okay. Three, Bottom line is no one's going to be on tier two this year. Right? January 2019. We're going to have all kinds of But that's not schools. the 1920 school year. The 1920 school year. Also another contradiction. Oops. <laughs> so, yes. There is. There, yes. Is there it a fiscal be. year? Is it a school? Uh, uh, cause it's a galactic year. Are we using credits now for, for monetary and finance? Personal Perfect. finance? Perfect. <laughs> oh, see? Ties right in. No wonder everything's changing. So, Tier 3, Comprehensive Supports and Instruction. This one is a little different. Yes, it is. So this one is, uh, is, is says schools that receive Title I funding. So first of all, mm-hmm. only Title I funding. And, and where all student groups are not meeting state expectations in all indicators 
in one or more content areas. Right. Can you explain to me what a content area is? Uh, chronic absenteeism? Growth, chronic absenteeism, achievement. Is that what that ELP, means? ELP. Yes. Those are the areas. If they're not meeting in chronic absenteeism, if they're not meeting in, in any of those those places, you'd be in a tier three. Because content areas to me seems I know. like math and ELA. Math and ELA. Okay. Okay. That's but, but they, part I, but, of the way. But they wanted to make sure that it was also... All you know, of the indicators. You might be rocking an ELA in math. Well, no, you couldn't be. Not in tier Here's three. Here's what it says. Not in tier three. Again, it says in all indicators, okay, which is all the right. in one or more content areas. Yes. In, I don't like the wording. Well. Okay. Well, let's go on to the next but part. But it's, it's basically saying if in tier one, if you have one or more, right? One or more. One or, one or more. One time. At one point. Right. One you're or more. One. You're in tier one. If in every category, like all populations are not doing what they need to be doing, then you're in tier three. Yeah, that. What it comes down to. Again, the details are a little confusing. It's, but, it, the the but, details, but... But you also have to be only a Title I school. Yeah, If you're but, a non-Title I school, you're not eligible for Tier 3. That's... I'm not sure that's... I, I know. I'm not sure that's correct, know, but that's, that's how thing. it's being perceived. That's how it's being perceived. Because if you're, if you're a non... numerous times here. If you're, I mean, I guess part of the thinking is how many schools, which would be eligible for Title I schools, one wouldn't be Title I... And then also not meet in any category. So I think the, the reality is they're looking at, they may have looked at some data to look at how they designed this to say, well, the Title I schools, I don't know. So Title you know I I'm going with that? It says specifically on the main DOE page here now. Right. Title I schools where all student populations are experiencing challenges across all indicators. That's a little better wording, I would say. But it's only Title I schools. So here's a question that I don't necessarily know the answer to, and I'll talk about my district real quick. Okay. Okay. My district, we have Title I schools, and we have some schools that are not Title I, but all of our schools are eligible for Title I. Does it only... Are, are, are schools that are receiving Title I money, are those the only ones that are eligible for this, or are all my schools eligible for this? Because we're all eligible for Title One funding, I just funnel them to our elementary right. schools, for instance. I, I am looking on um, the, the DOE website mm -hmm. for, under Maine's model of school support. If you go to Home Testing and Accountability, Maine's model of school support, tiers of support. That's what I'm looking at right now. I'm going to directly quote from there. I don't know if it'll help or not, okay. but it does say that you know, t like you said, Tier Three supports are designated specifically for schools experiencing the most significant challenges and have otherwise been identified to receive Title One funding. The word "and" in there is important because it's not an "or." So, most significant challenges and have otherwise been identified. So, it's a little bit of both there. Mm -hmm. Tiers 1 and 2 are designed to support all public schools, which include schools receiving Title I funding and those that are not. Mm -hmm. The eligibility of schools for Tier 3 supports is based upon the performance of all eligible groups, while the eligibility of schools for supports in Tiers 1 and 2 is based upon the performance of each individual student groups, group comprised of at least 10 students. So what that says to me is that a, a non-Title I school who whose performance of all eligible student groups does not meet 
expectations could be eligible for tier three. A non-title one school. A non-title one school. If if I disagree. Okay. Why? Because it says title one schools. Well, yes, it does say title one schools, and I believe that title one schools kind of start there, but they can get out of tier three and be in tier two and tier one. Yes, they can. But yes, if, they but, can. But I don't think a non-title one school can jump into tier three. So a a, a school that is in a in an area or a district that doesn't receive title one funding based on their which is based on you know economics sure but they're not performing yep in all categories yep they're in a tier one yes that does make that makes no sense to me so here's my thinking on because, this one it in makes it. no sense to me because they are struggling they are not performing and all, they're they're they're, 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 they're not, not failing they're not meeting in all of them agreed here's so here's they my need thinking help on this one then this is something that i'd like to uh, research a little bit and find out because I don't know the specific answer to this one. I would guess, as we were thinking about this, is it's is this way on purpose because they the state is getting extra money from the federal government. Sure, okay. In order to pro- provide these supports. Well, these all these rules are designed to align to the federal statute to get right. to be able to get those funds. So, in order to provide those comprehensive supports, yep, that costs money. Okay. For people and coaches and training and that sort of thing. Yeah. If they get money from the federal government, they can only go to the schools that also get federal government money. Would be my that's a, that's a speculation, but I think that's right. That that's that does sound pretty good. You know, that does sound pretty good. We'll there have to find this one out. Yeah. But. There's al- there's also it could be a thing that they want to just de- de- uh, designate to tier three alone because the title funds are supposed to go to those districts that don't have a high level of income. And as we've stated in a previous podcast, mm-hmm. poverty is a really good indicator of achievement. Right. And the higher the poverty, the lower the achievement rate. And so, if you're receiving title one funds, you already have a steeper slope against you. Yep. And so maybe and that's why you're getting the extra. That's money. why you're getting the extra funds, the extra support. And now you can maybe get some extra extra funds yeah that makes if, that, if you're not yeah it's that'd be my guess that uh, that's the only reason i think that it says title one school specifically but i still yep. don't know the answer that if i'm a school you, you quoted up here have otherwise been identified to receive title one funding all my schools have been identified mm-hmm. but i only funnel the money to some of our schools because yes. there's only so much money that can go around right so those ones that are identified but don't receive title one funding do those go into tier three if if necessary? I don't know the answer to that one either. And I, have to find I, I don't know the answer to that either. It's always the weird one because I have to allocate my money in a certain way because there isn't yeah, that much. Do they measure it by the school then or by the district? Yeah. Because if it's by, it's by district, then all of those then schools all of would, be on, would be eligible for tier yeah. three. But if or, they do it by school... Than not, it's it's an interesting. It's an interesting question because how because how it's would, another one of those details. Yeah, how would they go and measure that? How how do, do they do, do they know how you apportion? Do we know how you apportion the Title One funds? They do. Okay, then they then that's how they would figure it out. You are clearly not a Title One coordinator. I am I am not a Title One coordinator. You were so you drew the long straw as opposed to the short straw, which was my case. Yeah. Well. The, Yes. Let's I, just go there. Let's just go. Let's just go there. Okay. And and I, I know one of my my superintendent's favorite lines in my contract is any do du- any other duties always assigned by the superintendent. I hope he doesn't listen to this. I'm sure he gives you a lot of duties. Yeah, I have. I do have. I do have duties. 
Okay, so that's going to wrap up our talk about that one. We've gone on really for ending on duties approximately 43 minutes too long. <laughs> I, I think that's more than enough time for tears of support and chronic absenteeism. So we're going to talk a little bit more about this, obviously, when it uh, when it actually happens. Yeah, and when we'll have some answers to these because there's a lot more trainings coming out, and we'll be able to ask these questions. Yeah, when the ball drops in January, we will come back and and see what's happening with this. And we'll see it, it was a, it was a New Year's it was New Year's joke. So. It, was good. It, it clearly went flat. That's okay. Bye. Bye.